0: Welcome to another episode of the Games and Schools and Libraries podcast. I'm Donald Dennis, also known as Walsfield around the internet, and I'm here with Chris Bell. Also known as. I, I don't. You need a brand, sir. You need a brand to be found. We'll work on Chris's brand. We'll get back to you in an episode or two. But anyway, we work at the Georgetown County Library System, produce this podcast, and I'm also on other Inverse Genius podcasts, so hooray. But enough about that noise. We are coming up on summer at a dead run. And with summer comes summer learning, summer reading, whatever you're calling it this year. And the theme is a universe of stories. And we also have the Moonrise Grant. So we are, you might say we're extra spacey at the Georgetown County Library System these days. As always. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of games that we have played or brought in that we either already have played and so we can tell you about those but we'll also talk about uh, at least mention some of the games that we have ordered and have yet to play or don't yet have confidence in to say this is great and here's why. So much to talk about. Absolutely. Do we want to jump right into games or are we going to talk about some of the other stuff that we're doing to support that programming here at the library? I guess we
1: can start with talking about some of our supporting programs and right. get
0: into our games. Uh, so besides what we're doing in this room, they're also doing some some stuff like there's going to be space music and we're having in astronomers and and all of that but in the room what are we doing um well we're doing our
1: summer programming uh which is going to consist of bringing the kids in for teaching them how to do uh, like 3D modeling for 3D printers laser
0: cutting um doing circuitry and stuff with like Arduino and Flora some uh, rocket science Absolutely. Let's talk rocket science for a minute. We've mentioned it on previous episodes, but what are we talking about when we say rocket science? We're talking about Kerbal Space Program. Yeah, Kerbal Space Program, where you literally build rockets.
1: Yep, it was an indie game that a company developed, and at first it was just about making a cool rocket game. Make a big rocket, hope it doesn't blow up. And then they kept making it, and making it, and making it, and now it's gotten to the point where NASA took notice and even uh sponsored some expansions for them.
0: That is marvelous uh, the fact that uh, that there's all that. And of course uh, we also have some in our VR stuff, we have some explore the galaxy, explore the solar system type yes. things. So though those are a bit more sci-fi, they still get the uh, the point across. Well, but there is one that is just look around the solar system. That is true. And except for where you can launch balls of hydrogen at the sun, uh otherwise fairly reasonable. Yes. So, uh, but a lot of those aren't games and and not really what we're getting into. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple of games that aren't on the list, but that I can see here that we didn't put in. And one of them is Space Base. Ah, yes. Which it's a, uh, you're rolling dice and with the dice you're picking either, you know, what you're going to build, uh, you know, with your, I'm sorry, what you're going to activate uh, on your turn. So if I roll... A three and a four, I can either do both my three and my four or my seven, right? Yes. I can divide them up. And those are, in front of me, I have a, a line of ships, and each of the ships has different powers, and it can like, give me points. It can give me more resources for that turn. It can permanently give me more resources that I, that I get every turn. It can um, you know, do weird things as well, you know, like move yeah. dice up and down or, or have other effects. Yes, And then on your turn when you're the person because if if I've rolled the dice then here's how I'm using them. And then Chris also gets to use the dice on his turn. So there's you're paying attention no matter whose turn it is. And I think that space base works really well for keeping everybody paying attention. Absolutely.
1: You're um, always involved in the game no matter what anyone's doing. Um, So there's not as much interaction between the players but the fact that you're activating everybody every time the dice are rolled. Uh, really keeps people focused on what's going on.
0: Right. The only uh, real interaction and it's secondhand interaction is there's also a tableau. Of, hey, here's what's available to purchase at these different technology levels. Right. And I might say, oh, Chris really, if he gets this, he's going to be super powerful. So I'm going to take that particular spaceship upgrade. Because what you're doing is, is you're upgrading all of your ships. Now, you also have the opportunity for... When you bring in a new ship, your old ships get replaced and they go up and they will have a permanent effect, which is not as good as the, hey, it's been rolled effect um, active for your turn. But it's when I have retired those ships that they are are worthwhile and things will happen on Chris's turn or on someone else's turn. So right. it's not as simple as I get my my ships that are active all the time. It's a, oh, which ones have I buried kind of thing.
1: Absolutely.
0: So. It's neat. I like it. It's fast. It plays plays pretty uh, quickly. You can also play with a version where you start with some upgrades already Mm -hmm. uh, to speed it along a little more quickly. And I think that's out from AEG. And over the last few years, they have done some of my favorite board games, uh, most of which don't fit the theme. But we're glad that that one does. Absolutely. Another one I see over there that's not on our list is Gloom Space. Yes. What is Gloom Space, Chris? Or It's uh, Gloom in Space. Gloom in Space.
1: Um, Gloom in Space is gloom with a space theme.
0: Right. So Gloom is a game where you have transparent cards and you have your dudes and you're getting items or or effects or whatever it is that you're going to place over the top of the cards, which might give you more powers, might cancel out things that you get. uh, And you are going to, how do you win Gloom Space? I guess you win Space Space by having the most points and causing the game to end. Yes. How do you win gloom space? Gloom in, in space.
1: Gloom in space. You win by killing off your family in the most miserable way possible. Right. <laughs> and we uh, do this for fun. Yes. Yes. As you're laying the cards on top, they'll have point modifiers on the side, and which will cover each other up. Part of the clear card design, which is very neat. Um, and you're basically trying to get the biggest amount of negatives you can, and then kill off said family member right uh the trick is everyone's laying cards on everyone's people so you're kind of fighting a reverse tug of war with everyone to try to keep your points low and their points high
0: yeah yeah it's i think the gimmick with gloom with the transparent cards and the laying cards on top of each other that is the neat thing about gloom yes uh I don't actually like it, but I've had lots of friends who say, you know, if you play the story and you talk about what's going on and you sort of get into the story of the characters, it's a much better game. Yeah, One of the fun things about
1: it is every card has a little story to it. Um, So it's you kind of can build a narrative to the characters, um, which can make it a lot of fun and kind of make it of a storytelling game as well.
0: All right, so I think that is... The last of our forgotten games I that really are hope so. that are on the shelves and we forgot to put on the list. So, <clears throat> this is going to be kind of a review sort of list. Uh, let's start at the top of games that we have for the library in the library yeah. that we have played already. And I'm going to say Terraforming Mars is the big daddy of, if you're talking space technology, space exploration, that it is one of the big daddies of, of of that kind of theme.
1: Absolutely. And it is so in a lot of different ways. It is a big game. It is hefty. Um, it is thinky.
0: It's just big. Right. And there are a variety of expansions for it. And so we have gotten some of those expansions, not all of which I can see from here at present, uh, but there's a Venus next, so you can expand Venus. There's some extra boards. Pelus and Elysium, uh, which we've shoved in the box already. And so there are a wide variety of things. And the whole point about terraforming Mars is you're taking Mars from its current cold, apparently dead state. And you are trying to raise the O2 level, raise the H2O level, raise the temperature of the place, all while making uh, the most contributions and earning the most profit Uh, for your corporation that is doing the thing so while i'm not a huge fan of the hey we're doing this you know in the name of profit uh, i do love all the cool technologies it explores and of course the most popular card in the game is the pets card (laughs) so uh, because at some point you're going to say oh we've got people on mars we have a forest on mars we need pets because why not
1: um, I mean, that's his favorite card. I'm still quite partial to uh, slamming the ice meteoroids into the planet.
0: Well, that's a water. different kind of popular. I mean, that's that's a one-shot, hey, that was exciting, as opposed to pets give you that warm, fuzzy feeling. One-shot again and again and again. And again and again, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it's interesting because there are so many different tactics that you can take, yes. whether you're going the microbes and animals route or whether you're going the, hey, we're bringing in. Um, extra Mars uh, objects and slamming them into Mars, Absolutely. Uh, whether you're, you're going to try and focus on just you know machinery and, and warming up Mars as fast as possible, mm-hmm. um, or you're going to work on placing cities and stuff on Mars and, and building up the Ex- forests. Exactly. While it's a race, um, there's lots of different ways to
1: run it. So you will always have a different game because people just go different routes every time.
0: Right, it is. It is certainly not a sandbox because every turn and every action that you do matters. So mm-hmm. it's not like you can just idly play around with with the parts. But it is. It is got a lot of variety and structure, and that you can make you know massively different choices when you're playing each time, and and have a different, interesting experience. So yes. that's Terraforming Mars from Stronghold Games. Uh, uh, check that out. Now it is. It is a is obviously from the way that we're talking about it. Terraforming Mars is not a game for kids. It's a game for young adults. It's a game for adults. It's a game for, you know, people, yeah, you know, I would say 13 and up is the minimum you would want to play it with. Maybe younger. If you've got a patient group of folks, but there are just so many currencies that you're you know, sort of matching. Yeah. Like I said, to it's today. a very thinky game. It's a it heavy is. game. Um, But on the other hand, it's sort of my replacement for Monopoly that requires paying attention to it. So, hooray! Uh, Rover Control from ThinkFun is uh, more puzzle than game. We've talked about it many times with our computational thinking stuff. You are programming your rover to try and get it to go from location to location. Uh, We may or may not put a link back to our previous reviews on it. I think we've done blog posts on it. I'm not sure. I'm Um, fairly certain it's been talked about. But we have talked about it at great length. Um, And so that is Spacey. In fact, all of the Think Fun games, uh, you know, the circuitry and, and whatnot would work well. Next, um, do you have one you want to mention? I think the next game I've played is Gravwell. Mm. Um, Tell us about Gravwell. Gravwell is
1: obviously space-themed. You're a bunch of spaceships trapped um, right at the edge of a black hole. You all need to get out. Problem is, um, you're, you've got a slingshot off each other to make it. Uh, to the detriment of your fellow man.
0: Right. Because, you know, gravity doesn't just go one way. Yes.
1: Uh, basically every ship counts as gravity and, uh, you're flying towards the closest gravity person, uh, which may be in the wrong direction entirely. Um, so it has kind of a drafting mechanic at the beginning. You get cards, um, the cards are alphabetical. So, and that controls how fast they go. A plays before C, um, Everyone kind of lays down one card, you flip them all over, all the actions happen in alphabetical order, mm-hmm. uh, and you keep going until someone makes it out, or until you run out of time.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of those games with a very simple set of mechanisms. It is. That can cause you to hate your friends.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, you, um, every step forward for you is a step backward for everyone else
0: yeah or or can be you know? oh, yeah. so if if I'm in the wrong place and I go say before Chris does mm. then i can I can help him out a lot or I can hurt myself a lot, you know, and so there uh if you're playing with adults and not at a library, there will be bad words, yes, many many bad words, so uh it's neat and Chris explained to me the joy that he saw of when he was playing it online with one of his friends and they figured out what the, how to, what was happening. Yes.
1: Um, there was learning the game and then there was understanding the game and it's a very obvious
0: transition. It is, it is a big difference between here is knowledge versus here is understanding. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I know this to be true, but I don't understand what that means. <laughs> so that's great. Uh, a couple of the games that... This is kind of cheating. When I worked at Iron Crown, I worked on a spaceship combat game called Silent Death. Uh, after I worked at Iron Crown, I worked on another spaceship game uh, at Second Rat Games called Arclight. And so we have a bunch of spaceships all painted up, all beautiful miniatures. We are going to bring them in, put them on our big table, and, uh, and shoot each other up. I, I know it doesn't sound highbrow, but I think a lot of what we're doing with our games to supplement our other learning activities is just get kids excited about space, right? Yes. Get them to not navel gaze and get them to, to be more interested in, in you know, other, other things. Mm-hmm. Some of it is, hey, the cool technologies of terraforming for terraforming Mars, making that the gold standard. You know, it is appropriately themed. You actually learn something if you don't, you know, watch yourself. And then there are other games that are a little more, hey, we are playing around with the topic. Yes. So, but that's it. Arclight, Silent Death, fairly similar spaceship combat games because worked on by, well, me. Um, uh, you know a little bit about Roll for the Galaxy. Talk about it real quick.
1: I do. Um, I haven't actually played it, though I have learned the game to run it uh, whenever that happens.
0: I have um, played it, so I'll keep you honest. Yes.
1: As far as I can tell, it's kind of a... Uh, I, I'm, I've used this mechanic before. I can't think of a game that uses it. Um, all the players kind of pick an action for the turn that they want to do uh, based on some dice rolling.
0: Um,
1: and right. only In the, secret,
0: they pick which two actions they want to do or something.
1: And yeah. only the actions that all the players have picked actually get to activate. Um, every other action is just ignored for the turn.
0: So. Right, but it may be like, I need this action to go off first. Yeah. But I know that Chris is going to probably take it. So I don't take it. And I base the rest of my turn as if Chris is going to take that action. Mm-hmm. And then Chris knew I had to do the same thing. So neither one of us take it. So our turn is wasted. And the other players get advantage from that. Yes. So it's do you play it safe or do you sort of push your luck by. Uh, you know oh there's enough people here who want that thing to happen either it's worth me not taking it on the off chance that someone does because everyone's going to suffer the the penalty for it mm-hmm. you know or i'm going to take it just so that blah 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 so, so yeah. that you're the one that takes it yes
1: um and then as you do those actions there are different things um gain resources for buying stuff or uh gain resources for selling stuff produce resources sell said resources um so it's kind of a resource management game um you're trying to build up your it's not really a factory but it is a factory engine it's
0: it's an engine building game that's for sure you are trying to make things work smoothly uh by you know more smoothly in the future by doing things now yes and then uh you know
1: build it up make it efficient and then sell off your goods
0: make money Mm, yep Okay, well then let's talk Survive Space Attack. Have you played that one or have you played I the old Survive? I have no idea what it is. Okay, so in Survive Space Attack, everybody has a batch of meeples and on the bottom of those little figures, they have numbers, right? Mm-hmm. You are trying to get the highest value to survive. Okay. Right? And the problem is, is that the spaceship is, or space station is falling apart around you. And there are space monsters and space pirates, I think. There's a variety of different hazards that are occurring that will keep you from getting in the little space lifeboats and getting to a place that is safe away from the the space station. Gotcha. And that's it. At the end of the game, once the space station is entirely gone and the meeples are all murdered by space monsters, you then go through and see who has the highest value, and that's who wins. (laughs) And the thing is, though, is... If you know the person to your left, I believe, is going to be running the space monsters on your turn, they roll the die, it tells them what they get to move, and they're trying to gobble up all the little meeples on the board that are not theirs. so the question is is like, "hmm, he's got one there. I see Chris's got one there, so I don't think he's going to move it to that space, so I'm going to move my guy on top of that space, hmm. well, but Chris knows for some reason, that that is his number one, right? It's, it's a very low-value guy to him. Yes. And so he's going to say, you know, it's worth it to keep Donald from getting what's easy, easily going to be that value or higher, and so it gets gobbled up by Space Monster. It's, it's interesting. And if you if Survive sounds familiar, there was the Survive Escape from Atlantis game, which is the same sort of thing where Atlantis is falling apart and you're trying to get your meeples off to other islands. So Sounds very neat. It's It's a neat sort of evolution of that. Is there anything else on here you played, or you played Exodus Fleet?
1: I don't remember which one Exodus Fleet is, to be honest.
0: So, in Exodus Fleet, you've got a little spaceship that you're going to be filling up with cubes of people and or items that you're getting off the planets. Ah, yes. Um, And you're going to be increasing the value of your ship or how much your ship can hold. And it has been a while since we have played it. It has. I remember it now. I remember it being delightfully spiteful. It is. Um, Unfortunately, every...
1: Action, I guess, um, only has
0: one less slot than the number of players. Right. Not everybody can do all of the actions.
1: Um, and it may be even fewer slots for higher number of players. But for us, there was always two slots to an action for three players. Right. Um, so
0: it's a worker placement game And you are
1: bidding on said spots, um, which is kind of where the spike comes in. Maybe I don't want to do the action, but I know this other player absolutely needs it. So I'm gonna bet just a little bit higher just to make them pay a little bit
0: more right that's right its it is, it is it's it is an example of what's wrong with the world I think. <laughs> um, but it and it is space theme in as much you are trying to uh, a planet's about to be destroyed and you're trying to get all the people off the planet yes um, and once again make a buck yes the more people you get off the the more people uh, pay you it's It's such an American game. <laughs> it really is. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that's Exodus Fleet. Uh, we had a lot of fun with it. If you are playing with kids who don't like slightly spiteful games, then don't play this with them. Yes. But uh, Slightly yeah. is not the appropriate word. Um. So, so that's Exodus Fleet. I think the next one up has got to be uh, Star Trek Catan. Mm. Which is pretty neat. I don't even know if it's still available because we bought it Back when it was first available I have no idea which Catans Are currently available And so there are two versions of Star Trek Catan There's the base set and then there's the expansion Rather um, The base set's nice, it kind of plays like normal Catan Except for you've got um, uh, A set of Captains, or a set of crew It's all the crew from, from the Enterprise And each one of them on, If you have them on your turn In the right circumstances, you get to use whatever their special power is Uh, I remember Spock being particularly overpowered. And that uh, it's. other than that, it's pretty much Catan, all right? They've changed all the containers so wheat looks like a Big Mac container of food or something and and so forth. And so they've got all the variety of things and you're trying to do all the stuff. And I think it is not terribly appropriate for libraries any more so than normal Catan. But the expansion has fixed maps so you can set it up and play it. And it changes the rules on the ports a little bit. And I think it works a lot, a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The abilities of the crew include stuff like uh, you you don't have to move the robber or you can um, uh, pay one less good or you can move your roads around on the end to move to another location. Those kinds of stuff. And so that's neat. I really like that ability. And those are the kinds of things I think that make the base Catan game a lot better as well. So, uh, Star Trek Catan, if if it's still available, I recommend it. I probably should have checked before we put this list together. But it's here and we will be playing it very soon. Have you played Cosmic Encounter? I don't think so. Alright, so Cosmic Encounter is basically, it's an old, old game that's been reprinted by four different companies, I think. (laughs) Maybe five at this point. And you are an alien race with a special power and you are trying to capture so many other bases and other locations. The neat thing about it is that, so say I'm attacking, Hmm. let's pick someone, Chris. (laughs) And I can ask the other players and say, hey, everybody, I'm attacking Chris. Who wants to dogpile on Chris? And so I've put my up to four pieces in the cone that's going to let me attack one of his planets. And I got to pick whichever one of his planets I want. And so anybody else who wants to, they can put their pieces on the cone to help attack Chris to add to my attack value. And then if we beat Chris, we all get bases on his station on that planet. But after I've asked for volunteers, Chris can ask for volunteers. I'll get all the volunteers. And all the Chris's volunteers for every ship that they give him, if, if they win, they get a new card to add to their hand. Mm. All right. So they're getting a a substantial benefit for, for helping Chris out. And so, but then Chris and I can be playing and doing this and I can say, well, whatever, I'm playing a zero (laughs) and Chris plays a compromise. And then, well, I still get to add all my ships. So I would win. But if we both play compromise cards, then people who jumped in to help us get nothing. And Chris and I get to say, well, you know, instead of me taking over your place, how about I just put one of my guys there and you can put one of your guys on one of my planets? (laughs) And then, boom, we've won. So it's got a variety of things. There are tons of expansions for it. There are tons of superpowers. So there's, like, zombies who never go to the dead zone. There are guys who each one of their units counts as four units, so they're super powerful in that. Uh, There's just a ton of different powers. And that's the neat thing for this game is that there are so many combinations that make it work together that, um, yeah, cosmic encounter. Uh, it is a classic and I have played it so much now that I pretty much hate it. I love talking about it. I love thinking about it, but I have played it probably a hundred or so times over the course <laughs> of my life. And, um, I haven't burnt out on it, but it's, it still gives me that warm, fuzzy feeling unless somebody says, let's play the game. And then I look at them darkly. Like, no. <laughs> yes. Well, any game
1: that's been uh, handled by that many companies, it must have something special.
0: It, it is. It is It is very special. And it's. it was the first game that ever came out that said, you know, we can put out as many expansions as we want for this game. And they tried. <laughs> Back in the 80s, they had like eight or nine expansions. Maybe 12. I don't know. Lots of them. So, there is that. Uh, so, we're going to get away now here for a second and stop talking about Um, board games and we're going to talk about some role playing games Yes. Uh, most of these we have played even if we didn't play the current version of it Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, let's talk about um, Savage Worlds yes and so we have this game here set from Savage Worlds The Last Parsec and it is their science fiction box if you get their Savage Worlds The Last Parsec box then you have got basically a little campaign box waiting, waiting to happen. I don't think you actually need anything else. It has the cards you need, it has the dice you need, it has the rule books, it has the GM screen, uh, it's got scenario stuff, it's got some neat things in it. So it's that a is a well-packed box. That is the last parsec box. It's got maps of like I think uh, your spaceships or something, but. It is neat. And the cool thing about Savage Worlds is it's got a cool dice system Mm -hmm. and you have quite a bit of flexibility in creating your characters. We have not actually played the last Parsec yet because we just cut the box in like last week. Exactly. But, oh, my, we are so, so excited uh, that this has been added to our role playing game collection here at the library. Yes, it's going to be a fun time. So, um, but I guess if we're talking about box sets and things that we have, we would be... uh, neglectful to not mention starfinder that is true what is starfinder chris um
1: it's pathfinder uh in space it's the space themed pathfinder um mechanic i guess
0: right it's like pathfinder uh, version uh 1.5 or or of it it's it's an update of the pathfinder system yeah um, but it's got space goblins, space orcs, all that stuff. So they didn't... <laughs> and it's got also own, its own unique things. Yeah, it's kind of a standalone Pathfinder space system. Right. Uh, and they have the Starfinder Society, like they have the Pathfinder Society. So yes. if you are looking for someone to show up at your library, run some games, put a call out for Starfinder GMs because they're going to be able to help you. They're, uh, so as much as I love Savage Worlds it doesn't have the infrastructure that no. starfinder pathfinder does and you're going to have a much easier time finding a a pathfinder region captain or whatever they call them a starfinder person to show up at your neighborhood and run a game yes and um. so once again this is a, a box that arrived last week it is and so we do not have have the knowings of how it works i don't think we even opened this one yet i played in a demo of I think the spaceship combat like mm-hmm. at ALA two years ago, it was neat when it was a brand new thing. Yeah. Um, but I haven't haven't had all the stuff. But we also got from it, we got one of their adventure paths,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we got uh, a variety of other of other things for it, like some decks of cards for status effects and that kind of stuff. So yeah. we're I think we're well kitted out to do some Starfinder. We should have everything we need. Uh, now, the other thing that we bought specifically for this grant is the is the latest edition of Traveler, which has some nice hardbacks and stuff like that. Uh, if you are a longtime role-playing game person, uh, it was one of the first non-D&D games ever published, the original Traveler. It was a pretense at a hard science fiction setting. And uh, the reason we got it is just because it's sort of It has the strongest nod towards, you know, what you would consider um, hard sci-fi. Now, that said, it still has aliens. It still has uh, stuff made up about planets that we don't know yet, um, all that kind of thing. But it is sort of your classic science fiction. Mm -hmm. So now we've got some other stuff that we're going to sort of bend to our wills. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing you never played Traveler, right, Chris?
1: I have not.
0: And I haven't played this edition, but it's the one that's available, so I have no idea if... I don't know if it's any good, really. I um, know nothing I, it about may it. Have been, it may have been the one bad purchase that we made. <laughs> um, it's but just we'll one see. that's pretty good. The books are pretty expensive, too, too, as well. So I don't necessarily recommend it unless you have some really hard sci-fi geeks who are who are into role-playing games as well. Yes, all right, so uh, looking here, what are we going to talk about next that we're going to bend to our will role playing wise?
1: Uh probably Fate. Um Fate is always a popular choice in this library.
0: Yeah, Fate's really popular and it's easy to do whatever you want to with it.
1: Yes. I think that's why Fate is so popular. It's um it's deep but simple at the same time. Um the mechanics let you do basically whatever you want. Um I believe there are some space themed um scenarios and guides and stuff out there. Um fate is kind of uh, the system is kind of bare bones and allows you to uh fill it with whatever trappings you want.
0: That's that's very true. Uh, and I there there are fate for just about anything There's a new Fate Cthulhu thing that just finished Kickstarter, I think, uh, shortly before this episode will release. You can probably still pre-order it. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Fate. Uh, We love it. We will play it as often as we can. Uh, Unfortunately, that's not as often as we like because we've got all these other things to play. Too many things to do. Uh, And so you talked about bending it to your will. Um, One thing that's not on the list that probably should be, Fiasco. Yes. Uh, There are a bunch of space... Uh, things a bunch of oh my gosh stuff has gone wrong there's like a colonial which is a space aliens sort of thing from you know your space marines fighting aliens there's (laughs) all kinds of variety of space things as Uh, a storytelling game it makes it very easy to put whatever story you want and in fact by the end of the summer Hmm. we are going to put together some sort of space playbook um because, you know, we've previously, at the library, we've done one based off of Pokemon, we've done one based off mm-hmm. of libraries, and we did one based off of another grant that we had, which was uh, an ecological grant. And so I think that whenever we have, a, I think every year we need to keep doing a new Fiasco playset. Absolutely. So we will do this thing. It will happen. We will release it for free, like we've done all of our stuff. But I guess most Fiasco playsets are free. So that is true. If you need to find them, just do a search for Fiasco playsets. And if I'm remembering while I'm editing this, I will try and put a link to where all the official Fiasco playsets are. Yes. Oh, there's one other thing that we have. Untold Adventures Await. Yes. Which allows you to pick whatever theme that you want. But if you get the Rory Story Cubes, um, or even cubes from a non-Rory Story Cube source, which I don't necessarily recommend... But you can use any of these, Mm -hmm. especially the space theme ones, to put together a pretty cool set and do um, either a single playthrough or an ongoing campaign of stuff. So Untold Adventures Await by our friends over at Hub Games. We like those guys. They supported (laughs) ShushCon and our uh, storytelling workshop uh, a lot. They really did. So now we're going to talk about some of the other stuff that we have that we... um, that We don't have enough experience with to really talk about at all, yes. um, except for the fact that uh, we know that it's supposed to be good for what we're doing, or once again, the themes sort of match and it'll work, it'll work yes. well.
1: Did we mention we got a lot of stuff about a week ago? About a week ago?
0: <laughs> yes. Um, and so you'll be hearing about um, some of the stuff more in the future. Um, so first, let's talk about, there's this card game that we have called The Space Adventure. Yep. Yeah. And it's neat because you basically, uh, uh, Kathleen Mercury talked about it, I believe, on a previous episode of Games in Schools and Libraries, or maybe it was on an Onboard Games episode that someone talked about it. But it's a deck of cards, and you've got weird planets, and you're coming up with weird solutions to weird problems. And it seems perfect for both, hey, it's a space kind of theme, and children doing trouble so, trouble-solving, troubleshooting, that kind of thing. So... It's a Lupo, the space adventure launch into a whole new galaxy of fun and imagination with your family, friends, and a classroom. When planet earth turns into a tiny raisin, it's up to you and your friends to blast off beyond the stars and create a new home for humanity. Get ready for a close encounter with fantastical new worlds and species. For example, a no gravity world where social zombies live. Let your imagination run wild. Bring your ideas to life from pen and paper blueprints to your own spectacular spaceship. It has Pirate Monkeys, Pizza World, and so forth. So, this looks like it's going to be a hoot. Yes. They is. sent this to me a long time ago. We never had the opportunity to sort of focus on it. Mm-hmm. I think for this now, we, we have that option. Yeah, absolutely. It's our theme. And the next one is the Expanse board game from uh, now ex-Ludology co-host Jeffrey Engelstein. But it's based off of the TV series and books, The Expanse. Yes. Um... Mars, the Belters and Earth, all vying for control of the solar system. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a better, especially since The Expanse is such a popular show, uh, you know, a nice way to hook folks in.
1: Yes, it's a
0: great story. We'll see how the board game holds up to that. Indeed. Um, We have Moons next, and it's a trick-taking game. Uh, Once again, it falls on the exceptionally light side, but there are a lot of really dense games having to do with space travel and whatnot that we need some lighter stuff. And since there's not a, a happy spaceship, like there's a happy salmon, (laughs) then uh, we, we went with moons instead. Yes. Um, moons kind of neat, uh, because it uses actual photos of moons.
1: Um, I believe Jupiter's moons. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That sounds right. That that maps.
1: (laughs) So it's got some really neat, uh, photography on the, uh, cards. It's not just art, it's actual photos. So, uh, Just in that respect. It's very interesting.
0: We have a game here on the list called Horizons. I didn't buy that, so I'm assuming it's a review copy that somebody sent us. Um, And we'll tell you more about that as we've played it. Yes. Unless you... I've looked at the box. Okay. It looks great. So is a game about asteroid mining, and it is interesting in that it sort of has a an orbital mechanic, which is like, you're mining these asteroids, but now they're too far away. So you've sent guys there to start mining. And now you have to get the ships back to your place. And I've read the rules a couple of times and we've set it up to play at least twice, if not three times. And either more people showed up than we could get to the table or nobody else showed up. That happened at least once. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, so it hasn't been played yet. And I really want to get it to the table because, Hey, Hey, it's mining with orbital mechanics. That that can't be horrible, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, and it's so, in Cosmic Factory, sent to us by our friends over at Jigamic Games. And mm. it's another light children's game that's uh, sort of face, space-themed. And uh, we'll let you know more about that soon. Let us know yep. what you think about it, if you've already played it. We also
1: have Galactic Scoundrels, a uh, kind of artsy-looking game.
0: Yeah, it sort of feels kind of like uh, browncoats where you're off doing missions and uh, yeah. uh, stuff like uh, Firefly kind of thing. It's like Han solo E sort of firefly E. You've got missions. Now, the version we have has got one of the cards has got a typo on it. Um, but uh, we haven't had a chance to play it. But yeah, you are sort of playing scoundrels trying to pull off jobs, I believe. Yes. And I think from what I saw, it's a tile-based game. That's about that about one we, we should get to the table today. We should play that one today. Well, then let's do it. Let's make that happen. Moon Miner uh, was sent to us through uh, the fine folks over at the Game Crafter. I have no idea what it is. It showed up. I don't remember asking them to send it to us, but it's got the moon theme, so hopefully we'll get it played. Yep, looks like
1: a thick deck card box. That's all we know.
0: That's yep, magical stuff. Oh, this is terribly useful to the people listening. Oh, yes. Um, uh, Rise to Power. It's uh, one of those tech tree sort of games uh, where you're going to be building up and at the end, I think you can go to space. So it has a rocket ship on the cover. It was also sent to us to p- play test. So that's why we have it. Yay. Uh, ooh, First Martians. It's another settling Mars kind of game. Yes. And uh, Chris, you've read the rules to it. So I tell have. Us about it. I theoretically know how to play it. Um, it's a... Uh
1: I'd almost describe it as a survival game. Uh, There's two ways to play it. There's an adventure mode, which you pull... It does require uh, some kind of electronic device to run an app. Um, For the adventure mode, you pull out the app, tell it the adventure you're running, and it'll kind of give you unique setups and unique goals, like maybe your uh, solar panels are shorting out, so you need to go get the material to fix them, and however good or bad you do for that scenario will roll into problems or bonuses on your next scenario, or you can just do a bunch of standalone scenarios, which are, um, they're just different setups. And your goal is to survive basically, um, on this Martian, um, science expedition thing.
0: Now this was donated by a listener to the show. And unfortunately, since I don't have the game in front of me, um, where I scrawled his name inside of it, I don't know exactly who it was that sent it to us. And I apologize that we're not, not naming the names right now, but uh, we didn't have to purchase it. It is one of those games that apparently some people really like, Mm -hmm. and other people find it impenetrable, because the rules book, I believe, is of questionable quality.
1: Um, It's a little difficult to learn. Uh, It took me a few tries, though, I think at this point I got it. Right. Not the worst rules I've ever read, but uh, (laughs) it was a little tricky. So be
0: prepared for that. Oh, you know, one of the games that we should have talked about that we've got access to that spacey that you own is what alien artifacts. Oh yes. Alien artifacts. Um, when I got the game, it
1: was described to me as a four X style card game in an hour. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of lives up to that idea. Uh, four X is, you know, explore, um, exterminate, exploit,
0: Exploit and expand. Right. um so I don't I didn't feel the expanding quite so much
1: no that's what I mean it's so you're playing out cards that are you can either set them out as planets that you've uh, basically colonized or exploited for resources or you can set them out as ships to expand your fleet um, and as it goes around the table and you build these up higher and higher um, you basically some of the cards you drop down give you points for having Better done certain elements of the game. Um, There's a little bit of player interaction. You can either play it with or without player interaction, depending on how you build. You can go aggressive, or you can just kind of
0: focus on yourself.
1: It's short for what it tries to accomplish,
0: um, but it is a nice tight game. game. I think the problem with saying that expand is it's really tough to do an expansion game without a map. Yes, Um, it's all cards. On a little tableau that you have in front of you uh, so, so. it's a nice game would like it would or would play it again no problem yeah. there um, and uh, it, oh, it occurs to me um, as we're obviously we're trying to avoid these last couple of things right now <laughs> the light game that we could get hmm. for this one night ultimate alien yes because that's a pretense though you know it's all going to be alien abductions probably. But the kids like that game.
1: Like one Night one. is one of the more popular games, especially recently, yeah. uh, in the library. It's very easy to play, easy to get kids into, um, quick five-minute rounds. Um, mm-hmm. And all the expansions are mostly just reskinned versions of the game. Right, right, right. With some slightly interesting characters.
0: Um, and, in, and another game that we had some experience with is kind of like... Uh, fiasco that i play oh i didn't play i tried to learn it we did start a play test it got confusing and irritating and that play group that i had was not all excited about it And we got rid of it It was our last best hope um and so what i'm going to do is i'm going to give my copy of the rules to chris oh boy and say chris look this over and if you think it is worth deciphering then learn it and teach it and if you don't then throw it in a fire somewhere (laughs) Or maybe we'll put it into the collection here so that somebody else can learn it. For can us. learn it and play it. But I, I found it mechanically heavy for what it was trying to do. And it's not that mechanically heavy. It's just it's like it used weird terminology, and they had a video that showed each step of how to play it. But you never sort of got the idea of how it was all supposed to come together. It's the difference between knowledge and understanding that we were talking about before. I absolutely. In theory, I knew how to play the game but I had no understanding of how it was all supposed to go together. In practice, it didn't really work. Right. Um, okay, so back to our list here. Um, Exodus Proxima Centauri is a 4X kind of game. It's got maps. It's got ships. You're building up your forces. You're, I believe you're taking over spaces on the map. Have not played it. I've had it for quite a long time. Um, it has the spaceships, the exact same set of ships that were in Silent Death, so I have a whole bunch of them already painted up. So we could be playing a deluxe version of this game already. Oh um, but I know that one of the guys who's going to want to play it with us um, takes forever on his turns. And I find that sometimes vexing. Um, so, but we do need to get to the table, play it so that we know it, so that we can actually show it off to the kids. Because I think uh, some of the kids here who are, I say kids, some of the young adults here who are excited by some of the crunchier games are really going to like it. Yes, just to elaborate that, we're the teen room, so some of our kids get in a little higher numbers. Right. So Exodus Proximum Centauri, uh, Exodus Ed- Edge of Extinction, we have both of those boxes. Um, we also have a cool, cool game that I want to get into pretty quickly, the Scorpius Freighter uh, game where you are shipping goods back and forth, but it's got the space theme and space shipping. Because, honestly, one of the big deals about being in space is space is big getting stuff from one place to another could be a bit of a problem. So it doesn't actually surprise me that there's so many shipping games. And also because it's a space theme, it's a little more exciting than like cross-country, long-haul, semi-shipping. Yes. But it's the same game, really, I bet you. I mean, that kind of thing. Not saying this one is, but I mean the theme is you could file off the serial numbers off of most of these and make whatever game that you want. Absolutely. All right. So that is the better part of 50 minutes worth of good, solid talking about space games yes. and how we cannot wait to get them to the table to get them played. It's going to be a summer of exploration for us because our summer programs is, Hey, we start our classes at 11.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We then go for about two hours. Yep. till one o'clock and then we take a break. And then later in the day we have game time. So because it's our space thing, we've got themes and, in games picked out for the rest of the summer, but mostly what we're going to try and do is get all of these space games to play in the afternoon here at the library. Absolutely. But we probably should have done that. We probably should have just done only space games all summer long. We'll see what we can do. We'll see what the people want when they sign up, when they show up to play. Absolutely. So, oh, and we have a, a space theme escape room from Stephanie Fry, whom you will yes. remember a previous co host. That is going to be available. Uh, we are working with her to convert the files that we have right now for our. Current working version of the escape room so that you can print them off, maybe put them on cardstock or what have you. Or if you're really fancy, laser cut them like us. And we'll also have the laser cut files so that uh, you can get them laser cut. And the hope with that is that, you know, we can't sell and charge from here, so you wouldn't necessarily be able to purchase it from us. But if you're in the library, if you're here at the library and you have your own materials, then you can use our Glowforge and cut it out and make your own set. So that's a great reason for you to come to ShushCon next year. Cut out your own copy of the Escape Room. Yes, or any time, really, that we're available. Right. Yes, of course. But I had to get in the ShushCon plug. Absolutely. (laughs) Come to ShushCon. ShushCon, ShushCon, ShushCon. All right. Um, So that's it. We're going to go and learn some of these games so that we can tell you which one of the ones we just talked about are actually good, which ones are not. Yes. Um, and if you have space games that we have missed out on, please let us know. It's like, I know that there's a space version of hero kids. We don't have it. I learned about it after we placed our order. So that's not a thing. Um, but we may talk to the publisher because he's a great guy and, uh, and, and do a review on that soon. So we love, we love all of that. Absolutely. All right. Let us know what we've missed, what you're doing for your universe of storytelling. Over the summer, and how it relates to games. I'm Donald Dennis. I'm Chris Bell. And you've been listening to the Games in Schools and Libraries podcast. You can find out more about us, the people who create the show, and the Inverse Genius Media by heading over to InverseGeniusMedia.com, where you'll also learn about all of our other cool shows like Onboard Games, On RPGs, The Inverse Genius Podcast, Room Escape Divas. Lynn Theory streaming on Twitch and uh, Nephilope streaming on Twitch. Well, we've got a lot going on. We do. Uh, Games in Schools and Libraries is produced in association with the Georgetown County Library System in Georgetown County, South Carolina. Come on by the Walkermanic Branch Library and see what we're doing this summer.